A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado-Smith, and I am The Alarmist. Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where a guest and I decide who's to blame for history's greatest tragedies. Reminder, we're not historians, we're comedians. Okay, so today we're talking about the Great Smog of London of 1952. My interest was piqued when I was watching the fourth episode of The Crown. In this episode, the Queen and Churchill are really concerned about something that has nothing to do with smog. But there's this smog that's come over the city of London, and it's a really dark episode, literally, barely any lights. And Churchill's secretary, actually, spoiler alert, gets hit by a bus and dies. It's a really sad episode and also a really interesting one that uh, has led me here. Let's get started. The Great Smog of London was a severe air pollution event that began on December 5th, 1952. It affected London for a five-day period. Cold weather, combined with an anti-cyclone and windless conditions, collected airborne pollutants, mostly arising from the use of coal, to form a thick layer of smog over the city. 
The smog eventually lifted on December 9, 1952, after the weather changed and cold winds swept the fumes out to the North Sea. London was no stranger to smog, as it had experienced previous smog events in the past called pea supers. Pea supers are a thick, yellowish-green fog caused by air pollution containing soot particles and the poisonous gas sulfur dioxide. But the Great Smog of 1952 was the most severe the British capital had ever seen. Oh no, it's the fog coming in. Get in in your houses, get in your houses. Who's there? (laughs) I say, it's thicker than bee soup out here. Can't breathe. Fun facts, a.k.a. death stats. During the five-day period, 100,000 people were made ill by the smog's effects. It was reported at the time of the smog that the event had caused between 4,000 and 6,000 deaths, but more recent studies put the death toll at around 12,000. Many of the victims were the very young, the elderly, and people with respiratory or heart problems. Some of the first casualties were actually birds who got lost in the smog and crashed into buildings. Driving during the Great Smog was almost impossible because the fog was so thick, visibility was reduced to only a few meters. During the Great Smog, ambulances and public transportation stopped running, aside from the London Underground. Anyone needing to go to the hospital had to get there on their own. Outdoor sporting events ceased, and indoor events were canceled as the smog was able to creep into buildings and reduce the visibility of the stage or cinema screen. The only sporting event that was carried out was the cross-country race between Oxford and Cambridge at Wimbledon Common. Though it required track marshals to shout verbal directions at the runners to keep them on their course. There was also an uptick in crime during the smog, with more than a hundred smash-and-grab raids across the city and one murder where a 16-year-old girl from Chess Hunt was stabbed in the back by an attacker who disappeared into the miasma. Can you tell I've never used that word before? Another one of the casualties happened at the Liverpool Street Station when the fog descended upon it. A 52-year-old judge, blinded by the mist, walked straight off the edge of the platform. Ah, deep breath, everyone. Feel that clean air coming into your lungs because today we've got a treat. We have our very own Erios Networks ladies in the house. Hi, everyone. Hi. We've got Amanda Lund and Maria Blasucci. Hey, how's it going? Hi. So happy to be here on the other side of the curtain, because normally I'm behind a curtain like yes. the Wizard of Oz. Amanda and Maria are our producers here at Erios. Um, we don't have Priyanka, but uh, mm-hmm. she's here in spirit. Yes. That's right. Yeah. yeah so her we're, spirit is here. We're obviously huge fans of The Alarmist and very honored to be asked oh, on as guests. Oh, my God. As as people that uh, have so many opinions that I respect, uh, I'm. it's my honor to be here. Well, The Alarmist is the runaway hit. 
of Erios. Wow. It's it, it's been running it's running as fast as it can and and people want to catch it. I hope and it doesn't run out of steam. No. I, I no, hope no, it doesn't I run can't. off a platform. <laughs> oh, oh yay. No. Like that judge. I know it's so sad. It is sad. But I think it's nice to laugh about things that are sad. Well, that is how human nature to deal with traumatic events is to laugh about them. I mean, that's how I do it. That's so interesting. Well, I heard it actually on a podcast called The Alarmist. (laughs) (laughs) She uh, actually has to listen to the podcast. Yes, I do edit the podcast. It's it's forced listening for Amanda, but not for you guys. No. Thank you you for listening. I mean, I I really, I'm so grateful for everyone out there and all the response that we've gotten. Uh, I was covered, like I was about to explode when I was listening to you describe the smog incident. I had no idea it was so deadly. So my impression after watching that episode of The Crown was maybe a couple people died. That's what they wanted you to believe because I think they wanted the drama to be more about the queen and not (laughs) what was actually happening Mm. in the world. Um, But... It, it was incredibly deadly. I mean, a, a lot of people died during that period. And then a lot of people died because of it afterwards. Oh, like like it, it, diseases because of the air that they breathed in. Yeah. So it, it kind of stays in you. The silent killer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was a big part of, of the death rate here. Uh, which is incredible. I mean, sh- should we jump into the things that kind of led to yeah, this? Yeah, can I ask a quick, yeah. quick, quick question? Um, the 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 smog cover. You mentioned Li- Liverpool, the judge in Liverpool. How far did this smog spread mm. outside of London? Thanks, Amanda, for the the acknowledgement of an. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's a good question that we should ask our fact checker, <laughs> uh, our intern uh, fact checker. Uh, yeah, Chris, since I'm not on the mic, since I'm, you know, on the stage today, if you will, we have a, a special guest. You know him from the episode where they, you talk about the breakup of the Beatles. Yes, he's my husband, guys. He's unpaid for this. Hi, everyone. I'm Chris. I'm the fact checker. And all that means is that I have a computer open in front of me. Um, so good question, Maria. Thanks. Um, it wasn't Liverpool. It was Liverpool Street Station in London. Okay. Oh, that's good. So let's talk about the things that led to this terrible event oh god i hope i'm not in there <laughs> you amanda <laughs> first things first amanda caused the smog <laughs> no let's talk about pollution so just so you know it was december and there was a, a cold weather front that was happening in london at the time and during the great smog londoners had to burn more coal than usual to keep themselves warm So post-war domestic coal tended to be of a relatively low grade, while conversely, better quality hard cores, and that's quote unquote hard coals, tended to be exported. So they were sent away. The low grade coal increased the amount of sulfur dioxide in the smoke, which we know is poisonous. And there were also numerous coal fired power stations in London at the time, which added to the pollution. So research suggests that additional pollution prevention systems fitted at Battersea may have worsened the air quality. Flue gas washing reduced the temperature of the flue gases. I think that's how you say flue gases. (laughs) So they did not rise, but instead slumped the ground level, causing a local nuisance. Additionally, 
Additionally, there was pollution and smoke from vehicle exhaust, particularly from the steam locom- uh, locomotives, great word, uh, and diesel-fueled buses, which had been replaced recently by the electric tram system mm. and from other industrial and commercial sources. So uh, pollutants included carbon dioxide, hydrochloric acid, fluorine compounds, and 800 tons of sulfur dioxide. So all of this is happening uh in the air. This is the air they're breathing at the time. And that's just standard air. I mean, it was a little worse because it was so cold, but this is basically standard air quality in the winter time. This is what they were used to uh, breathing in, essentially. Because what happened, I mean, and, and we can kind of jump into this, because I, I feel like the coal situation is really important. So the the coal that they were burning because it was excessively cold was this kind of cheap, low-grade coal that they had access to. And this had to do with the fact that it's post-war, so post-World War II, they had been heavily bombed. Mm-hmm. It was, London. The London port, I believe, was the mo- one of the most heavily bombed in in. Uh, Britain. Okay, well, you know what I'm thinking, right? Instantly, Hitler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Any chance I get, I'm trying to get Hitler up on the board. I know. Well, I I mean, let's start it off. That's concerning. That you know, the the lady doth protest too much. You know what I mean? (laughs) But I think she's got a point. So I think you know, let's just get things started. Let's. Hitler's on the board. Put Hitler on the board. Thank you, Chris, for putting Hitler on the board. You know what's crazy, though, is that in America, there was like a post-war boom in that our economy skyrocketed. And then in Britain, and where, you know, because it was in the middle of everything, they were left with the rubble and the, you know, the aftermath of it. Just a dichotomy. Well, they were actually bombed. They right. actually, yeah, and they were like on rations for quite a while, even after the war. So things didn't quite go back to normal for a yeah. really long time. So coal was one of the major things that the. I, I mean, I guess we could sort of put the blame on the British government too for exporting the good stuff for well, not just going along with the Nazi regime. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's it's interesting because they were kind of making do, but did they know that they obviously knew that like smog was connected to burning coal? Like how much do you know how much they knew? Because it's like if they kind of knew that they were taking a risk but they were being sort of willfully ignorant. Well, what was their well, other option a- if they didn't have coal to burn? I mean, they needed heat cuz you needed- can freeze to death. Um, that in that's a point, and that's another tragedy. That's such a point to make. <laughs> so a but small small distinction to come in here with as a fact fact bear is that the good coal was being produced, but it was being shipped because they needed money so badly. Yeah, the, the so they were hardship. sending out good coal and they were burning bad coal yeah. in London. I want to get back to what you asked the question you asked, which did they know that the burning coal was causing such pollution. And I I don't think they did at the time, right? I don't think it was that well known. But I will say this, in my in my digging, I found that there was an event that happened in 1948. Now, this is four years prior. And there was a it was an event called the Donora Smog. So this was in Donora, Pennsylvania, which was a mill town 
like 24 miles southeast of Pittsburgh. And during the Stenora smog, it killed 20 people and caused respiratory problems for 6,000 people of the 14,000 in that population. Okay, so they... They had an idea that something like this could happen. Well, this is the question. This happened in the U.S. This is the time pre-internet, pre- uh, Twitter. Twitter, exactly. So, wait, wait, wait. Will you fact check when Twitter was? (laughs) (laughs) Very, very, very good. Very good. Coming right up. (laughs) Uh, So they they didn't have that. Maybe they did. But at the same time, like the the newspapers, while the smog was happening in London, weren't even reporting about the the dangers and damages of the smog while it was happening. It wasn't until like day five, which was the day that the smog finally lifted and, and was cleared, that any newspaper was really talking about the 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 causes of this smog and that people had been going to hospitals. Mm. So there's this unwillingness to put this information out there, I think maybe not to create a panic. Let me ask you this. I know in during World War II in, in England, everyone had, you know, their gas mask. Was that something that people kind of got out of their, their bottom drawers, you know, and put them on and had that? Or was that not... Um, I know these are questions that no one could possibly know, but I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> you mean <laughs> if if certain people had gas masks? Yeah, that like, they like used. the judge when he fell off. Yeah, like was, was he wearing he, a mask? Like, are there pictures from that time where like people are standing on the street in their gas mask well, and stuff? I do know that they had these like uh, masks, which were kind of like gauze. It okay. was like thin layers, six thin layers of gauze that they were selling at the the chemists. Okay. You know, and, um and people could buy these and and use them um but they weren't extremely effective. Right. They're not like today's masks. Right. And also people had like scarves or things that they I think there were photos of people with scarves. Right. I I also think there were um but it was so thick. Mm-hmm. So there are photos of people coming in from the smog and just looking like they had been coal mining horrible i mean can you imagine not being able to get away from that like no matter where you turned i I can't even like the claustrophobia of that oh my god i mean it's just you guys go into haunted houses ever not like real haunted houses like i walked in here didn't i (laughs) oh god um but you know like a haunted house at like not scary farm or something yeah like you mean like at a carnival Mm, would you consider Knott's Berry Farm a carnival? Oh, oh you mean like Halloween Horror Nights? <laughs> yeah, you're like, an alien yeah, and yeah. you're trying to figure out <laughs> what is the difference between a theme park and a carnival? <laughs> no, but I'm just saying that feeling of not being able to see what is it three feet in front of you? I mean, that's one of the scariest things in the world. I have that a friend feeling. that's like that. But it's um, she's not able to see. Oh, you like mean she has night emotionally. Like emotionally. Oh, <laughs> I know there are people who have night blindness. <laughs> What's that mean? Night blindness, where you can't see at night if it's totally dark. Well, because your eyes are closed. But have you guys? No, ever- but it's different because you know how you can. You know, the moon helps. Yeah. No, but it's like literally they can't see at night. Mm, Their moon eyes turn off. 
So have you guys ever driven in like really, really bad fog before? Right. I think rain or maybe fog. Yeah. Where I've had to pull. O- I've had to pull over before. Yeah. And lo- I'm from Long Beach and we can get because it's coastal. We can get like really crazy fogs that roll in and they come in super fast. Like you can be driving and it's totally fine. And then all of a sudden you literally cannot see at, at all. That's scary. And it really is scary. And so yeah. I can totally imagine like like when that first rolled in like the panic that ensued well that's the funny thing there was no panic why oh because they were so used to london fog that it was just like oh it'll move and then when it never went then they were like oh crap they they were used to not just london fog but london smog like they had had these pea supers as they called it were already like this thick yellowish smog it just was never and so pea supers is that because it looks like pea soup correct isn't that gross i love pea soup though (laughs) well will you ever think of it the same way Uh, but normally my pea soup isn't yellow it's more green it depends how fresh the peas are yeah (laughs) i don't know (laughs) have you ever eaten at anderson's yes yeah Uh, yeah on a road trip to vegas no they got the the famous pea soup. It's on your way to Vegas or Oha- Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. on your way to Vegas. Now, just to circle back real quick to like the culpability of the London government, like how much did they know? I mean, we are still having a debate about coal usage. So can you probably we it's kind of tough to put them on the board. I don't know. I, what do you guys I, well, think? I, I think we should put. The British government up there. Do we have on the board yet um, the economic hardships of post-war? As of now, we have Hitler and uh, pollution. I see Chris took the liberty of, of writing down pollution. Um, but that's pollution's all tied into coal and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we have to get more specific. Yeah. So it, maybe it's it's the um, the coal. Yeah, I mean, well, it's the, I mean... Man-made coal. Well, it's like the dependency on coal. Yeah. Yeah. Is there... uh, Lack of, maybe just lack of resource... uh, How about this? How about, what do you call it when something prioritized? The priorities of the government... Because the way they thought they could make money was to ship out the good coal, right? I like and it's like that. they couldn't find any other way to get money. That was the only way. Well, that's kind of like a soft way to blame them, but I'm I like it. I okay. like that a lot. So let's put the priorities of the British government. Okay, okay, ladies. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. And Chris is shirtless right now. He's <laughs> <laughs> wearing a little he just wearing a pina coladas. <laughs> He's all oiled up. And do you guys want me to take off pollution? Because you had mentioned that as the sort of title. um, Let's keep it on there because I love, you know, more to blame. I'm happy with it. Thank you. So, so far on the board, just for you listeners, it's pollution, Hitler, and the priorities of the British government. Mm. So now that we have those... Uh, things up on the board. Um, I think that we can move on to um, maybe the the more uh, natural uh, disaster part of this uh, catastrophe. Oh, yeah. So there was this anti-cyclone that they talk about happening that was that kind of worsened the smog. Um, And I I looked it up. Okay, so it, an anticyclone is 
the opposite of a cyclone. It's a weather system with a high atmospheric pressure at its center around which air slowly circulates in a uh, clockwise direction if you're in northern hem- in the northern hemisphere or a counterclockwise direction if you're in the southern hemisphere. Anticyclones are associated with calm, fine weather, and they form from air masses cooling more than their surroundings, which causes the air to contract slightly, making the air more dense. Since dense air weighs more, the weight of the atmosphere overlying a location increases, causing increased surface air pressure. So essentially it was making it thick. It, It kind of like had the the thickness of the it kept it in it like put a lid mm. on the pollution okay it's like if you go into a room where people are smoking and instead of opening a window you just keep all the doors locked and then people sm- smoke non-stop for five days wow so this <laughs> anti-cyclone when yes. did that start was it pre-smog it did that like trigger the smog or did that come in after the smog had rolled in well that's the that's a good question the smog i'm assuming is already there and then it's the the air that you breathe Mm. the cyclone came in and trapped it so the smog was there and the cyclone put its little arms around the smog and said "Uh -uh uh-uh-uh you're not going anywhere Mm -mm. it sounds come here girl come here girl (laughs) it sounds like the perfect cyclone (gasps) Wow. <laughs> Instead of the perfect storm. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. But I mean, sometimes it's like, so And every, my question is this. Every time there's a smog issue, even when it's not as disastrous as the great smog, um, is a cyclone involved or not always? It's not always involved. Okay, it just so keeps it there. It's, this it's was a, just a particularly bad scenario. So you can have a smoggy day that's really bad, you not much visibility, and there's no cyclone, anti-cyclone involved. Unless so the air gets really dense. I mean, this just makes it really dense, really stagnant, right? Yeah. Is this? I'm looking at our fact checker. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, these are not aren't quite facts, but yeah, if you think about it in terms of like the smog is always happening, right? The smog is always being produced. But it's the anticyclone that basically traps it, right? Because so then it has nowhere else to go. And also, there it was cold weather, so they were producing, they were burning more coal, so they were producing more smog. Right. So the, right. combination so the smokers, of those two it's things. already like a a really bad air quality room. It's, some might say it's the perfect, perfect cyclone, cyclone. anti cyclone. Yeah. I think we should put Amanda the perfect that, yes. cyclone up on the board. The perfect anti cyclone. <laughs> I mean, or, or should we blame Mother Nature for the perfect cyclone? Uh, I that's good. So I'm cool with the the anti cyclone. Yeah, let's put the anti cyclone. Okay, let's put that there. down on the board okay. because it it was fine status quo how smoggy it was. That was okay until the anti cyclone came in and like made it all worse. And that's yeah. what took it from being just kind of bad air quality to being a de- deadly disaster that killed over twelve thousand people. Yeah. Yes, that. Uh, Yes, I mean, there. a part of me is already thinking like, well, pollution is man-made, right? So can we blame the cyclone? But I think we should keep it up there and discuss further. Yeah. I mean, the, here's some fun like accounts that I read. First of all, apparently when people were walking on the streets of London, it was like a thick, slippery, black slime Ugh. that was on. So people were like slip, slip sliding away. Like the song. <laughs> Landslide? No, no. Slip, slip Sliding Away. away. The Paul Simon song. Oh, how does that go? Slip Sliding Away. Oh, no. 
<laughs> wait, wait. People were... So, uh, it boggles my mind that people were still going out of their houses. Yeah. They had work. They had to... They, this, you know, this yeah. isn't LA 1999, baby. This it's an is, economic crisis. I know. And I understand that. But I'm just also like, would you guys have gone out? I mean, I think I would have... Well, what party was I invited to? No party, girl. <laughs> then no one's staying in. Well, I think you bring up a great point, which is something that I, I, I had wanted to bring up, which was the, the familiarity that these people have. And this, to me, is one of the most terrifying things in this world. So why didn't they react with panic, right? What? Why? So we live, like, we live in L.A., which is one of the cities that's known for smog. And we leave our houses every single day. Mm. So just think about that for one second. But we are told, like when there's fires and like stuff like that, we are warned when the air quality is bad. And I don't go outside on those days. Yeah, but you're warned on your phone, which the in- information comes very quickly. Yeah, to well, you. this is my question. too. So, so people are always taking their cue from the higher ups, mm-hmm. right? We're just going about our lives like trying to make ends meet. We are relying on a government to tell us when we're in danger. We're lemmings. Don't you get it? It's yeah. mind control, man. Well, yes, then maybe we is. should put Churchill and the Queen up there. Well, this is what I'm saying is that weren't they ringing bells? I mean, it's they po- were not. But did they know how bad it was and they were trying to control the panic and thus not really warning people? I mean, you see this all the time in movies like in Chernobyl, like not to get ahead of ourselves. I'm sure you'll do that eventually. Yeah. But it's like sometimes people try and um, like undersell the danger of what's going on to not set up panic they don't want a mutiny on their hands they don't want people going well you told us you know like <laughs> like how are we supposed to live our lives if you won't protect us that's a that's an angry mob that's one guy in an yeah. angry mob uh pointing his shaking his finger at some sort of government official what other people do we not want out there saying things to us what do you um <laughs> please i'm just a little orphan don't let me die yes because then we'd feel bad yeah yeah no yeah. that makes a lot of sense Yo, they don't want the they don't want the voice of the people because the voice of the people is too loud yeah now i seem to remember something about that episode of the queen was there some sort of they were kind of sitting on their hands <laughs> if i know the you queen, know i, I, exactly I haven't rewatched it in a long time but i, I from what I recall, they, she had just come into uh, the throne. This was months. I think she came into the throne that June or that summer. She was coronate, coronated. Um, and they were still kind of getting the hang of it. They were. <laughs> I mean, she was. But the queen's just a figurehead. The queen's just a figurehead anyway. So what's Chir- Churchill? What's he doing? Um. I don't know, but his secretary seemed pretty busy since she was going <laughs> oh, in no, now. I think she had a bunch of stuff to do. <laughs> like Aaron's so story. I think he was a busy guy at the time. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. So no, but anyway. I like I would like to put on the board. I know we have the British government on there, but I wonder if there is something to like the willingness to withhold information. Like if there's something where it's like that. Or their slowness to action. I mean, because it's one thing to have some really bad smog. It's another thing for it to go on for five days and people are still going to work. Yeah. You know, and uninformed. You're right. And, and, and I think that they should have done something sooner. Yeah. They should have 
like you said, rung the bell, you know, uh, I don't know, get that word of that game of telephone going, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think they, had, they had telephones. They had actual <laughs> telephones. Yeah, they But they yeah. could have also played the game of telephone and gotten the word out. They also had TVs. They also had like, TVs. This These is are all we're, really we're good thinking, points. Here's the thing. We're thinking it's like 1910, and it's not. It's like <laughs> 1952. Like, the people are, like, a life is a lot like it is okay, now. Okay, I truly yeah. was imagining and this. The radio. Like, I forgot yeah. about they the radio. They could turn on a TV, and there'd be someone with, you know, a newscaster on there that was wearing a suit. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't like they were wearing petticoats and this stuff. This is true. I mean, I, I think we should put down their lack of uh, uh, of uh, action. The British government's lack of action is really, uh, I think, a big problem here. Now, so, can, Chris, can you please <clears throat> put uh, government lack of action if we don't have it yet? We have so far priorities of the British government, which I think lack of action okay, yeah, it sort of is baked into that. Okay. But just another uh, strike against that particular thing to blame. Um, now, the- now, hold, now, while we're on this, I'm yeah. just kind of like skimming this thing. It does say that authorities advise parents to keep their children home from school. So, okay, so the authorities okay. did that at least. And this they is did- from the History Channel, and and it's saying that mostly that was because the children could get lost in the smog. And you and they did um, uh, stop the buses. Yeah, and, and they, they stopped, stopped the games. So they and stuff. knew so it they was weren't bad. underplaying it. They were going like, "This is different. This is this is different than usual." Yes, I don't think they realized. And here's the other thing. So because because of this uh, uh, weather, it, it turned out. Um, it was a deadly smog, but these weather systems, like anti-cyclones, they had come every year. They were always there. They usually lasted two to three days, and then they'd be blown away by the wind, and all the pollution would just float out into the atmosphere. That's just not what happened. It stayed around for much longer. And I can actually understand how that mistake happened, which, and that's what's terrifying about this, because... You know, I drive to I, I drive to work every day, and we live in a higher elevation. And as I'm driving down the two, I look, I can see into downtown LA, and you can clearly see a black, brown blanket of smog. Some days, some days you don't. If it rained, which like how often does it rain? Right. Um, but for the most part, every day I look, and I know that that's what I'm driving into. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. that's the 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 disgustingness that i'm driving into so it's almost like this uh familiarity is to blame just being comfortable yeah people's how do you say that like people's um um like the status quo lack of alarmist yeah (laughs) yeah i mean and and we let's talk about this too because i i couldn't stop thinking about this as a possible thing to blame the british attitude oh, just the way their way of being yeah okay so what uh, okay so without offending any british people right now well, kidding, that was a joke. <laughs> well i i actually reached out to my friend charlie who's british and lives in london and i asked him to describe what he thought was the british attitude right and so i'll read you the the instagram uh, message he sent me okay he says "Ooh, this is a tough one we're so reserved and polite if we see a huge green cloud of smog coming we would probably wait for the next person to say it looks like a problem and then that guy would wait for the next guy etc and then everyone dies because we would leave it too late So I would also blame films like Mary Poppins, who depicts London as foggy, which is apparently charming. Everyone probably initially thought this cloud was extra charming (laughs) as it was extra thick and soupy. I would say that this wouldn't have happened in the north of England. A big thing to blame is how cold it was and uh, as and the extra coal that was being burned to keep people warm in flashy London. In the north, it's always cold, and we would just put on an extra jumper rather than putting on the heating. Okay, now Mary Poppins came out in 1964, so we let's not put that on <laughs> the board. We can't put her on the board. We can't. What if we put on the board, and I know this is a little bit controversial because these were the victims of the fog, uh-huh. but the London citizens creature comforts the fact that i know you know it's post-war everyone is like they've been out in the trenches now they're home they don't want to be uncomfortable so they're over burning coal they're maybe being a little bit greedy with how much coal they're burning instead of just like putting on a sweater wow Comfort, this is yeah. people are they're going to be coming for you well, and i feel <laughs> bad saying it, and i do the same thing like sometimes i'll be like oh turn on the heat instead of just like putting on a jacket at if it's home. your only source of heat though like your own like if you're in a like 
a, a house where that's the only way you can get heat in a super cold December day. It's like, what else? What are you supposed to do? Like, if there if there's no other option, and you're being told that like this is the way to to be warm in your house is to use this shitty coal. I just have to chime in real quick because I I have access to your listener stats, Rebecca, and you have. 956 listeners in the United Kingdom. Oh, wow. Okay, so that's 55 in London. I'll just shout out a few people. We've got 26 in Bristol, 24 in Edinburgh. Edinburgh? Edinburgh. 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 Okay. Uh, 23 <laughs> in Glasgow, um, Birmingham, Farnham. Let's see if I can find something. Do we have any Londoners? Just one. Uh, yeah, there was um, 55 in London. That's, I mean, I'm see. sure Charlie is one of them. He says he bikes and listens to the podcast, which is actually very dangerous, Charlie. So <laughs> yeah, uh, one I'm in, kind one of worried one in, one about out. you. <laughs> one in, one out. So we have two people in rugby. So if you're one, you know, let us know if that's you. <laughs> I have a question. Yeah. What about, you mentioned something in the beginning about their, they, cho- they changed those electric streetcars or whatever. Uh-huh. So what was that about? Why did they decide to go into coal or or electric electric cars? I mean, that's very futuristic. Well, they had that and then they got rid of them. They got rid of the streetcar, the electric streetcar. Am I making that up? So the diesel fueled buses and steam lo- locomotives were replaced. Ac- they actually replaced the abandoned electric tram system. And so that, that was putting more pollution into the air. Exactly. There. So they went from electric to coal and uh, diesel fueled buses. I think it must have been a, a more uh, efficient and economic friendly way of transportation. Yeah, it all comes. It's all priorities and money, right? Money. I mean, also, um, London was nicknamed the Old Smoke, right? I mean, isn't that what people called it back then? Because it was always so foggy. Um, and so, I don't know, it's just hard for me. And I know this still happens today where it's like everyone's like, yeah, lo- London's so smoggy, it's so foggy and smoky and whatever. But And this <laughs> is going on for years and years, but everyone's still like, well, I mean, you don't really have an option if you need to go there to work. You know, I'm sure people would, unless they love the hustle and bustle, they love the nightlife, they'd rather be living out in the, you know, Cotswolds. I, I, I yeah, I mean, look, you YOLO, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, FOMO. <laughs> YOLO yeah. and FOMO are real. Uh-huh. You only live once, so you got to live that YOLO lifestyle. Live it up. Go out. I love the. Uh, I love to party. I uh, love the nightlife. I love the nightlife. <laughs> I like to boogie. Yeah. You, now tonight. you guys are speaking my language. You guys were speaking <laughs> gobbledygook before. Now I get it. <laughs> FOMO. It's like if I hear Amanda's got a hot party she's going to, I want in. Mm. Get me out of the house. I don't care. If I'm young and I want to have fun, I'm getting out there. Wait, and what I'm you guys, now what are you guys honest. talking about? <laughs> oh, well, I, I don't know what Rebecca's talking about. I, what I was talking about, <laughs> I think she went somewhere else. Yeah, right. I, I, she's talking I about a kid myself. that wants to go clubbing. <laughs> this is all I think about. No, I don't want to go clubbing, clubbing, but I do love a nice dance party. I know, we know. We know. <laughs> She'll never stop talking about it. <laughs> anyway, all I'm saying is that people had to get out there. They had to live their life. For sure. I know. And it's really, when it's something like weather, it really just feels out of your control. 
Although I feel like you, out of all of us, or may, maybe Maria too. I don't know. Let's hear it. Um, if it rains or if the weather's bad, I feel like you love to stay indoors. Oh yeah, any chance I get. Well, but you were just inside. saying that you it started raining yesterday. You ran outside, started twirling. I did, yeah, but in my own on my own property. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, I, 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 what do you guys think about just blaming the the British attitude? I mean, I, and and Charlie goes on. I can read on. Okay, so let me just boil down the British attitude. It's that they're too polite. Not wanting, yes, too reserved and polite, not wanting to stir up uh, a, the a pot. Pro- the pot. Read the Charlie story about in the subway, and it, it okay, sums up so, the British attitude perfectly. Yes, so Charlie says, I was once with an American friend of mine getting on the tube in London, and there was another English guy waiting to get on. So I said, please, after you. And then he said, no, 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 please, after you. And I said, no, please, I insist, after you. And he said, no, please, you go, please, please. And my friend was in the middle watching us like a tennis match from side to side and eventually shoved through the middle of us and got on the tube with the doors closing and me and my new polite friend were left behind on the platform. Basically, what I'm saying is we haven't changed and we never will. Wow. Okay, so maybe if... Maybe there would be outrage if this smog was, we had this bad of smog in America. I mean, maybe people would be like taking to, well, ironically, the streets to protest and demand the government do something. <laughs> <laughs> the government goes jokes on them. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I let's put it on the board, but frankly, I'm not quite convinced. I, 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 I actually feel pretty strongly about oh. this. I, I feel really strongly about this attitude because I think that, if I was in the situation, clearly, you guys know, I would be like, guys, we can't go outside. Amanda, why are you going to a party? You know, why is right. Amanda always going to a party? <laughs> I got invited. Okay, I've got a certain people expect certain things of me. All right. I'm sort of a socialite. Not me. <laughs> I'd be like, Maria, good. You're home. Amanda, don't go to the party. And I'd say, oh, I don't worry about the fog. It's fine. <laughs> I mean, it could be a good Big Ones episode. Uh, how do you know if you're in a historical tragedy? <laughs> in the midst of a historical tragedy. In the midst tragedy. of a historical tragedy. It's a tough well, one. It's a Yeah, it's a tough one. It is. I mean, I mean, weather is so interesting to me because... I'm not really scared of weather. It's not one of the things that really frightens me. I think it's because I grew up in Southern California. Like I grew up around earthquakes. Like I'm just not, even though I know an earthquake could happen, that could be really disastrous. But that's not weather. That's not weather. I know, but natural disasters, I mean. Oh, okay, yeah. Like I know that that could happen at any time, but I don't like, I'm not that concerned about it. And you're like, this is crazy. So I could see where if you grew up and are so used to something this foggy that you're really just able to kind of take it out of your mind and be like oh another day like how when it rains in london people like don't it doesn't even like right they don't even use umbrellas they're just like walking around getting wet sometimes because they're so used to it that's a big problem in miami where i'm from you know people get a little too used to hurricanes Mm. you know every hurricane season they make us board up our house and you know people get lazy and they stop going to the grocery store and buying the jugs of water they probably should be getting because like they're like ah you know for the last four years they've made us do it and nothing is actually hit they've been false alarms and then the big one actually hits and you're screwed right right okay so what else do we got for the board 
So I, sorry, just to put put it up on the board. You want me to put up uh, British politeness or British attitude? Maybe British, British attitude. Yeah, British attitude. Um. So I think just to throw this one out there. Um. Let's go. I want to talk about bad hospital communication. Mm, okay. As a possible thing to blame. Now, there were people who died in their bed and they died in the hospital rooms. And because there was no central computerized systems for the hospitals, there was no data that connected all of the deaths. It was anecdotal evidence. But even the doctors in the hospital said, you know, we just thought it was a really rough few days. It didn't occur to people that this was happening across the city and the media didn't connect it. So this is kind of talking... There, there was a lack of communication happening between these hospitals. So while it was happening, while people were coming into the hospital complaining of respiratory stuff, did they were the hospital, were the doctors and stuff not putting it together that it was caused by this dense smog? They were not. They actually thought there was a flu going around. Okay, so this is throws a wrench in a lot of stuff because it sounds like people just didn't understand the the intensity of this the fog wasn't only outside it was, it was in, in their, their head. brains yeah mm, <laughs> i know a thing or two about brain fog i mean i now that i'm <laughs> you just now saw joe versus the volcano it, that's right <laughs> the brain cloud or whatever now that i'm thinking about it um maybe it's uh medical science that we need to blame for just not being up to speed on what causes these respiratory problems could we blame science? I don't want to blame science because science is there. It's just, it's just not fast enough. It's well, hard people haven't discovered it. It's ready to be discovered. It's just, I blame. But it happened four years ago. Four years prior. In 1948 in Pennsylvania. So it's people it's people not learning from the past. Well, it's like which is, the, it's the, bad communi- which is the point of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> it's like bad communication, like global communication in that case. But I mean, people probably thought that that was an anomaly. You know, if it had happened once, you don't, you wouldn't necessarily think like, oh, that could happen to us if it hasn't yeah. been studied. You know, uh, it's just really... It's really hard to blame the establishment, i.e. the government, the scientists, the doctors, when this is the first time that it's happened. And so, Other than Pennsylvania. Other than Pennsylvania. But it's like, how do you ever know until something like this happens and then we learn about it and study it and you try and make changes to prevent it, which I, I don't know yet, but I hope to God they did. But that's why for me at this moment, I'm leaning more toward the anti-cyclone. Right, I... This is this is why. Well, let's read what anti, we have. Anti cyclone, Amanda Lund. Anti anti cyclone. <laughs> well, let's read what we have so far, Chris. Well, did you want me to put that last one up of uh, um, hospital bad communication? communication and, let's put it up there because that's Because sometimes on this podcast, it's like sometimes you're like, what caused the horrible thing that happened, and sometimes it's like, what caused it to be so horrible? Yes. And this, we're talking 12,000 deaths. That's crazy. It wasn't just a few people who came in and died. It's, it's at, the mo- at the time, there was 8.6 million people living in London. 100,000 people were affected by it, 
and then 12,000 people died. Like, that's a lot. It is a lot. Now, hold on. This again, I'm just skimming again because I just typed this in. But on Londontopia.net, it says that the term smog was actually coined in 1905. Um, by Dr. Henry Antoine DeVoe, he wrote a paper called Smoke and Fog, and it showed the public health concern of man-made smog. So, like, this being known is something, I think, that lends itself to who's to blame here, because yeah. this wasn't like people didn't know. It's like people, kn- there was the literature out there, like, people knew that this wasn't healthy. Can we put on the board London's dependency on coal? Yes. I love it. I'd like to to throw that in. I would also like to put on the board um, the denial. Mm, Denial. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Not wanting to live your life as if you, nothing is going to stop you. Well, let me think about that, actually, because uh, I think denial, particularly when it comes to um, climate stuff, like we don't want to think about it. We don't want to think about our actions um, actually affecting our environment. Totally. I mean, everyone is in their own little world, burning their coal, staying warm. We're literally seeing the smog getting worse. And yet no one willfully is putting the dots together. And some people do know, but they're like, what's the other option? They don't want to put the time, the energy or any of the resources into like solving the problem. They're just like, we're we're just going to like let this get as bad as it can get. Yeah. And, and when you think about it, air, there's like it's not it, it's such an intangible thing. Right. You just think the world is big and the air will spread and like go away. Mm-hmm. Um, is there a word for that? Is it like narcissism, like humanity's could it narcissism? Be like climate denial, like climate I mean, Um, it's just really giving me anxiety now because now I'm connecting it to like our plastic usage and global warming. And it's really giving me a lot of anxiety. Well, good. I'm so glad. (laughs) That's what she wants. Again, hold on to it. Yeah. (laughs) This will save you. Okay. Let me just read. Maria, you look like you want to say something. Well, I just. Okay. So so it says here that there's this guy, Harold McMillan. Hold on one second. Let me just let me just look at this. There isn't much, much evidence to suggest that the government could have foreseen the fog or its effects before it hit the city. While Harold McMillan had once called for a committee to be formed to study the effects of air pollution, ultimately nothing came before the great smog struck in December 1952. So you're saying there was a committee? There, they brought it. They wanted this guy wanted to um, start a committee oh. where they could talk about the effects of air quality, and nothing came of it, or at least it wasn't formed before the the great smog came to be. Is it like short sightedness? Yeah, is that what it is? Short sightedness means you when you is it you're not looking at the big picture. That's what that means. Yeah, I mean, but would that be under pri- government priorities though? Yeah, not- yeah. I think that's a big yeah. part of the government, but uh, I, I guess it's not fair to just blame the government. I think we're all as as citizens; it's mm-hmm. our responsibility to care about that kind of stuff. Yeah, and so maybe we want to put the the citizens of London. They, 
coal burning citizens of London. The coal burners. But what were they supposed to do? It's what they had. It's like it's like what what were they supposed to do? You can't do anything if they were a war ravaged city that was literally being told that they were taking all of their good resources and putting them out to get money. Like what they, they, they were between a rock and a hard place. I know it yeah, is. It's, it's tough. Now it's bringing me back to Nazis. In what way? Because you're saying they were a roar, a war ravaged city, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, so they weren't able when you're just in survival mode, you're not thinking about the environment. No, yeah. you know, and 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 the, God, it it just hits so close to home, right? It, it's kind of like what we're <laughs> dealing with now, which is like so scary. It's just like these people in um, in our country in like the poorer areas. It's like they can't care about the environment because they're like just trying to get to work. They're just trying to get by, right? Yeah. So, you know, it brings up that question: Are they to blame for that? At the end of the day, though, I do believe it's the the government's responsibility to, you know, keep tabs on all this stuff. So let, let's read what we have. Let's put climate denial or whatever. Uh, what did we say? Short sightedness. I think it's like climate yeah, short sightedness. Yeah. I, when it re- I, I like it relating to climate. Yeah. Climate short sightedness. Um, and let's read what we have. And then let's start crossing things off yeah. the list. And let's start blaming people. Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. So in the Pennsylvania debacle, mm-hmm. um, it was it happened in a small town. It was a small um, industry town. Yes, and the town came together and they they created this community center and they kind of like um, they they p- pulled together and saved themselves from the situation. A city, a metropolis, lot very much more complicated. It was harder for them to pull together as a group of people. So. Maybe there's something in like, and you can cut this out, but like city dwellers or something like that. Oh, city, the city uh, lifestyle. Uh, well, it's kind um, of like the every man for the himself. Chaos, the city chaos, the or, chaos of the city. Or wanting to be a, a big city liver. <laughs> <laughs> we can put big city living on the board. Big city living. I love that. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that is actually a good point. Um, if we you know i don't know if it's like individualism if they had spread out yes yeah individualism i know i know my answer <gasps> wow i know i know but, but I scroll well, down let's start yeah. knocking yeah, so, but, things off but you're not now it's let me gonna just take, take a, a real miracle okay. to change to my mind uh, i'll read them uh we've got hitler we've got the priorities of the british government the anti-cyclone british attitude We've got bad communication, global communication. We've got London's dependency on coal, the climate short-sightedness, and big city living. (laughs) (laughs) So I think, here, Chris, if you could hold this. Um, I think off the bat, we could probably uh, take out, wow, this is hard, actually. Bad, well, no, I think I'm down to take out bad communication globally because it was two incidents like you really. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think that we're we're okay to take that down. Okay, bad communication. You're going off the list. 
And I would take out big city living just because of anything that probably helped get people back on their feet afterwards. That's true. I guess community <laughs> came together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, going, let's go out. Yeah, let's get out of here. Like, yeah. It kept their mind yeah. off of yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so big city living is out. I can't disagree with that. Climate short-sightedness, I, I want to keep up there for a little bit. Okay. Um, now, dependency on coal. Is that London's dependency on coal? I mean, to me, that's what hits home right now with <laughs> because me. of yours. <laughs> because of, <laughs> of your dependency yeah. on coal. I'm dependent on <laughs> but coal. But if it's a resource, I'm dependent on coals. If the it's discount a retailer. Oh god, <laughs> that was a good one. But if it's a resource, if it's a resource of your environment, if it's how you, I mean, it's like the same as like if you're country makes money off of the oil you're able to get or like the tea or the silk like it's like wherever you are it's like you have it's like when you play settlers of Catan and you're like i've got this place and we have like bricks or whatever the hell you sell in those (laughs) games but it's like their dependency is their livelihood like that's what they have i mean i you can't argue that but you when you're looking at literally what caused the great smog it's their dependency on coal i disagree i mean how do you argue that it's the coal that's causing the pollution because the anti-cyclone but you say it yourself that they had no other options that's literally the definition of dependency right but it's not about the coal it's the quality of the coal I don't think that's true. I yes, think you, it is. It, well, uh, well, if you burned enough to a of certain the, extent, the the bad the the lower grade coal was way worse. So you than, think it couldn't have happened if they're burning the good stuff? It could have happened, but it wouldn't have probably been as intense. Okay, oh, that's interesting. So, and then that trickles down to who's making the decisions about what coal they're burning. Yes, but at the same time, the government was trying to make the decision of you know. For uh, for their own economy, they were trying to rebuild, and mm-hmm. they needed the money right. at the time. I mean, so it's almost like you can't even blame the government at, at this point. Wow. I mean, we can take Hitler off just because. Oh, I, I was going to say, I think Hitler might be really <laughs> to blame for that. He put him in the situation. Yeah, Maria, where, what's going on in your mind? Well, here's the way I'm thinking about it: is after the great smog happened, there hasn't been a great smog of that caliber since. Why? Actually, there has. Okay. That's, I didn't know that, but my... How but could you? I, <laughs> you couldn't. <laughs> but my way of thinking is coal in itself isn't bad, but we know that if we burn a certain type of coal and that if a weather force comes through and does this that this can happen it's the series of events that causes this well if we have scientists and people saying hey this could happen this you know then then it do- then we're able to avoid it so who what's, so yeah, who what are, are you blaming? thinking who do you priorities think i really do think priorities i think it comes down to the fact that because it's not like effects of smog were unknown. They were definitely known and people wanted to put some sort of committee in place and it wasn't gotten to it was too, mm. until it was too late. And the priority of the government to give their their residents uh, uh, the worst coal and send off the good coal, even if that was for economic reasons, at the end of the day, you're going, yeah, but at what cost? So I think it just all comes down to the priorities, what they felt was necessary at the time. Okay, I, I actually don't disagree with you. And and that's kind of helping me uh, wrap my mind around 
this, which I think is kind of a two two parter blame. Mm, what oh. are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking first of all that we can cross Hitler off the list. I've been swayed. I think that right now he's up. He, well, he's, he's down in heaven. He's got to be he's down in heaven. He's been crossed up twice. <laughs> I know, but listen, we're gonna keep off crossing of him show. off. I'm sure until, but we'll never we'll do the Holocaust. We'll find something for him. We'll yeah, find there's, something. there's there's one thing I know he definitely. Yeah, is to yeah, blame yeah. For. Don't worry, but I don't know if we're ever gonna do it on the show. But no, but, well, no, it's no. very well. I don't think he, there's much discussion. Yeah, that's not. Um, and a short episode. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that w- I. I I think that we can also uh, cross off climate short-sightedness at, at, at the moment. I think that's a big problem. Well, I think the thing with priorities of the British government, it's kind of like all-encompassing, yeah. which while I understand that, it's sometimes when you have something that large, it's to me a little bit of a cop-out, um, but maybe that's why we'll hit like your minor yes. one that will help. I think that it is, well... Yes, the anti-cyclone, maybe it's a three, it's a, it's a solid two with a little addendum. The priorities of the British government mixed in with the actual natural disaster that was the anti-cyclone with a hint of a British attitude. I understand the British attitude thing. I think when it comes to the cyclone part, without, without multiple things being in place, that cyclone would have just come through and been a nothing Thing. you're so right and yeah. so and and so to say like it that's to blame right i guess because it knocked everything it was the straw that broke the camel's back right well i'm gonna really have a hard time putting the anti-cyclone in there if we're not acknowledging the dependency on coal you know what maria said i think is true though because the the anti-cyclone if it had just happened and it was like a, a place where there was no smog or no pollution it probably wouldn't have had that much of an effect. No. Yeah. I mean, I know that uh, it would have just been a windy day or no, no, actually anti-cyclone. It's no wind. So it's a great day to go out there and take a selfie. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Or the equivalent at the time, which would have just been a picture Uh, or a painting. Oh, painting. Yeah. (laughs) Or just smiling at someone. Yeah. Smiling. Or just having a picnic. A nice hello. And I giving a nice hello to your neighbor. Yeah. Uh, you know what our research assistant Chris had mentioned was pollution. Um, mm-hmm. I know that that's no longer on the board, or is it still there? Um, it's it it's is still, still there. there. Yeah, I oh. guess we we kind of skipped over it because it was a little broad. Is it something you want to talk about? I mean, I just find it really hard not to acknowledge that the con- man-made conditions for sure, but were th- causing this for sure. But the thing is. It's like all of these things were put into a pot. We're put into Mm -hmm. a big boy. Just imagine this, Amanda, a big pot. Mm, I'm not. No, Amanda. Do you go get one in your kitchen? I don't have a pot that big. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, just imagine a little pot, but it's real big. And then there's a witch, right? And she's outside the pot, and it's bubbling. And she decides. She goes, "Hmm, what should I put in there? I should put some." pollution i should put some dependency on coal what else should i put in there how about this anti-cyclone that looks good and she starts mixing it up and then it's the witch is to blame (laughs) yeah (laughs) your your blaming skills have gotten so good amanda yeah the witch is to blame the witch is to blame for sure but the witch okay then she sees this smoke start to form and instead of doing anything about it she goes i'm gonna go take a nap that's who's to blame the witch because she went and took a nap and the witch is the british government government. 
Okay. I see where she went. Yeah. I mean, I would be, I, I, I'm down to blame the British government. Yes. I just would love a hint of dependency on coal or pollution. I think both of those are definitely part of the bigger picture of who is to blame. And like without those things, this thing wouldn't have happened. I'm just saying the thing that brought it over the edge was the unwillingness of the British government to put their citizens first and to be um, knowledgeable about what their citizens were putting into their homes and into the air. Well, what about this? I, I think that a good... Now, This is it, it's been a really tough one. One of the toughest we've had yet, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, because there are so many aspects of it that are a little bit blameless. So... It's not a certain person who pushed a button, right? I think it's a it's more of a collective of things to blame. Therefore, I'm comfortable putting the priorities of the British government along with man, uh, the the dependency on coal. But that's part, isn't that? I know you're saying a big that's too big picture. It's a cop out. But don't you think that their dependency on that? shitty coal is part of the priority that of the i government. do understand yes yeah i just need acknowledgement of the Why? Coal. So then maybe we, girl i'm not a coal i'm not let's a take out denier. dependency of coal and let's just put pollution in i know it's a last minute add-on well, wow. it's been in there which has time. been there for the whole time it's <laughs> chris been is right looking at me like i'm <laughs> crazy but let's put pollution then yeah okay so Okay. I think it's settled, and we're and we're okay. I, I know I want to do the British attitude, but I'm I'm, I'm sensing I that get, you guys are not into that. I think that. that's an afterthought to why to why. I mean, who's to blame for? Okay, I have a great idea. It yeah. just popped into me. It, it popped into my head. We put pollution and the uh, British uh, priorities of the British government as the the two things to blame. And we send out a warning to the masses. Mm. All you Brits you who are listening, <laughs> you got British change. people and uh, uh, other people out there who have the same way of thinking. Do not sit back. You must be alarmed. Oh my God! Can you imagine that they're going to be rioting in the streets now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're going to be playing clips of this audio. On I'm all British television. talking to you, the two people listening from City of Westminster, <laughs> the two people listening from Folkestone, the two people listening in Hammersmith. I'm assuming these are all lovers who listen post together. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Why can't they? They they'd be sharing one phone, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I guess they're having. A foursome <laughs> um, okay so i think it's settled we are sending pollution and the british government's priorities to the alarmist jail ah, how do you guys feel i'm happy with what we came up with. i'm happy too but i'm exhausted i mean you just it, it, this goes to show there are not to bring back my witch but there are a lot of cooks in the kitchen yeah, absolutely. Meaning in in meaning <laughs> a lot of witches in that kitchen. Meaning that the, the cook a is lot the of, witch, not co- not cooks in the kitchen. There's a lot of ingredients in this mm. specific disaster that really make it hard to pinpoint one. You yeah, know, have you ever been to a grocery store? I go all the time, and there's so many things in there. Oh my god, you're right. You know who we could have used their help in this? Who the judge that fell off the. Uh, would have been useful. I would be such a horrible judge. I would just, I see all sides. 
That's a good judge. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. They have to eventually make a decision. Yeah, I guess that I guess that is true. But I mean, to to be able to listen to all sides is kind of like a big thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, thank you ladies so much for being here to uh, today with me. Uh we figured out Two very important things. Who's to blame for the great smog of London of 1952? And that Amanda would actually be a good judge. Yeah. Thank you. And I just have to say, if you guys are listening to The Alarmist and you like this podcast, please check out Maria and I's podcast called The Big Ones. Which Rebecca has been a guest on twice. It's one of my greatest delights. And we talk about, I I kind of consider them sister podcasts. Um, They have a similar tone. Or mother step mother daughter okay yes mother stepdaughter they're in the family they're in the family family. we dissect um ethical and moral dilemmas on the big ones like would you go back in time and kill hitler although we haven't done that one yet we're saving yeah but or um um uh, well the one i did would you eat your friend oh the would you eat your friend if she told if you were in dire circumstances on the top of a mountain and your friend right before she died said please don't eat me yeah, yeah. would you rather be 20 percent smarter or 20 percent more attractive would you um if you woke up uh, well this one's too difficult to say but if you're <laughs> if you <laughs> difficult to say we do some from from movies like this the the star is born would you give up um what what was that one w- oh, would, you, would you trade uh, your artistic vision for fame and fortune yeah and uh so all the stuff like that they're really fun it's i i can't recommend it enough well, if you, you like this podcast and you like to really nitpick at all the little things this one's for you. We got some great guests too: Paul F. Tompkins, Karen Killam, Steve Agee, Caper Lant, John Early, <laughs> and me. <laughs> After the smog, the Great Smog had a significant effect on environmental research and public awareness on the link between air quality and respiratory health. It led to several changes in practices and regulations, including the Clean Air Act of 1956. The implementation of the Clean Air Act forced industrial, residential, and commercial sectors to improve upon the way they generated power, move away from coal as a domestic heating source, and use cleaner burning fuels and more fuel-efficient vehicles. The act, however, took several years to come into full effect, during which time London continued to suffer periods of dense smog. In December 1962, an additional 750 people died from yet another great smog. Vote for who you think is to blame. Go to www.thealarmistpodcast.com and if you have any thoughts, send us an email at thealarmistpodcast at gmail.com also follow us on instagram and twitter we're at the alarmist podcast on instagram and at alarmist the on twitter stay tuned for next week as we dive into the mcdonald's hot coffee lawsuit erios powered by acast Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.